Bears podcast presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. Welcome in. My name is Adam Hogue alongside Nicholas Moriano. Today, as we get through another pre-NFL draft week in the NFL. Two weeks, Adam. We'll be two weeks from today is the draft. That's exciting and... Very, yeah, it's, it's an exciting time for all these NFL teams, and everybody's been waiting for what the Bears can potentially do once they are finally on the clock. Be fun. On Friday. On Friday. <laughs> so we're yeah. still two. Yeah. Tomorrow will be two weeks two, from when the Bears weeks, actually yep. pick. But that's all right. We're used to that by now. It's been the case for, <laughs> yeah. uh, except for last year, but three out of the last four years. Yeah, this will be the third third yeah. year out of the last four where the Bears don't have a pick on that's how they do things. That's how they used to do things, yeah. and maybe that changes. They're going to try to fix that. That's some of what we're going to talk about today on the show. Uh, welcome in. Happy you're here. Good to see everybody in the comments already. We will be taking some questions later on in the show. But And by the way, we're going to keep our pick a prospect thing mm-hmm. rolling. So we got a, a wide receiver and a linebacker, right? We do, yeah. Two yeah. breakdown today. Same as yesterday, right? I, you, yeah. I had a wide or you said had a wide receiver We've linebacker. been switching it. At least yeah. we're going offense, defense, mm-hmm. and uh, mixing it up a little bit. Uh, yes, Olin is not here today. It is Thursday. Olin Cruz is usually here, but... Um, you know, when, when you only make $15 an hour, we do have to give him some vacation time, too. So, uh, no, he's uh, he's taking some time with his family, well-deserved time. Uh, and so he's uh, off today and some next week, too. So yeah. uh, we'll keep it rolling, though, here. Shout out from Iowa. Let's go, Trey. Yeah. Nah. Okay. <laughs> nah, we're good there. Um, <laughs> all right. We want to talk about Justin Fields, though, to start the show for a couple different reasons. One, um, you heard something that Mike Florio said yesterday. I heard something that the head coach of the Chicago Bears said, and I think that they conflict with each other. Mm -hmm. So this kind of just sparked an idea that I had about, you know, trying to gauge where Justin Fields already is in his career going into year two. But first, let's start with what Mike Florio had to say. Was this on the score? Yes, 670 score. So... Florio was kind of talking about the moves that Ryan Poles has made. What 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 could they mean? And so here's a part of the the quote that I want to read you guys. Maybe that's the hidden message here that the new regime doesn't believe in Justin Fields because if they did, would they be tearing everything else down or would they be trying to build everything else up? So that's I think the big part of what Florio said, and that's gotten Bears fans riled up. Like, what yeah. they don't believe in Justin Fields because of what they're doing. And, okay, I want to play devil's advocate here, Adam, just to say, like, okay, what Florio's saying, could this be true? Because the first move they wanted to do, go sign Larry Ogunjobi. Give the big contract, their their one big contract to him, the three technique. Then you see the two-year contract that the Bears have given out. Two have gone to defensive players, and then Lucas Patrick. So they are kind of prioritizing the defense Mm -hmm. as opposed to maybe trying to find those wide receivers. But for me... You can't really build everything else up without breaking it down in the first place to kind of clean the slate that Ryan Pace, Matt Nagy have kind of left Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus with. So I don't quite agree with what Mike Florio is saying here that the regime doesn't believe in Justin Fields. Yeah, and look, I I think we actually go back to the Trubisky era to understand that what Ryan Poles is doing is to not repeat the same mistake they made back in 2018, um, which... 
I don't mean to call it like a flat-out mistake trading for Khalil Mack. I would do it again. I'm on record mm-hmm. of saying that. But the point is, and I said this at the time of that trade, it was a double down on Mitch Trubisky. Yes. The timing of that move was another endorsement that they believed in Mitch after one year was going to be the guy. Okay. So they're where they were with Mitch at that point when they made that trade for Cleo Mack is where the Bears are now, going mm-hmm. into year two of that quarterback. And the reality is, as much as I think we all think Justin Fields will work out better than it did with Mitch, they still don't know that for sure, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so to take a leap of faith and be like, nope, Justin's definitely the guy, got to build up everything, make a run at it. The other problem is the roster's not there either. There's too many no. problems on the roster. So I think that it's quite a leap to make the conclusion that it's because they don't believe in Justin Fields. I do think it's probably true that they still are sitting there like, we need to see more. Oh, we absolutely. need to see more before we definitely know he's the guy. Um, and I think that that's where we get in the conversation we seem to have here daily, which is have they done enough to help him make that step but they're also pointing in in a position where it's like also prove it to us at the same time exactly like it's not going to be an ideal situation it should be better the next year let's see you make some progress um that can be judged now the other part of this that i wanted to bring up and we're going to break this down a little bit more too later but uh actually driving in this morning nick you alerted me to an interview that Matt Eberflus did with Chris Collinsworth on the Chris Collinsworth podcast. And so I ended up listening to it on the way down here. And we're going to have some more in-depth conversation about a number of different things he said a little bit later on the podcast. But one thing that's very relevant right here was he flat out unprompted said, this is Justin Fields' team. Yep. Did you yep. catch that? I did catch that, yeah. It, it, he said it. He said, this is Justin Fields' team. And he's embracing that. I don't know if that was that part of it was a direct quote, but the first part definitely was. This is just this is his team, mm-hmm. and he made that very very clear. That is not something you say if you have the same doubts um, about yeah, exactly. We, like it, if you don't believe in Justin Fields, you're already looking for his replacement. Um, so I I just don't think that's the situation that they're in. And the thing is too, like you said, he didn't he wasn't like asked directly about it. That just came out right. That yeah. was Matty Refluch yeah. just kind of saying that. So. I think that is more of what the team, the regime, really thinks about Justin Fields as opposed to what Mike Florio said because he's been in all those offensive meetings and has been the one that is has been like the the guy that you got to look towards when you're looking at this new regime. But yeah, I caught that, and I think the direct quote: "This is Justin's football team." Maddie Refl- Maddie Refluce, the Bears head coach, said that. So I think that's where the Bears are at right now. Yeah, I think that that. Um just so this also got me thinking. Now we've seen this exodus of quarterbacks into the AFC, right? We can jump into the AFC in a moment, but I want to play a little bit of a game. Okay, would you rather? Okay, would you rather? Would you rather? You know, not the college version, but just the. uh, (laughs) Would you rather have just played a bunch of games on this (laughs) podcast? It's been fun. (laughs) I am wearing a beer drinking football guy shirt, so I guess perfect. You know. We, maybe 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 the maybe the game does take a turn. And, maybe uh, yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll uh, see. <laughs> um, this is one of the Hogan John shirts, by the way. You get on obviousshirts.com. But okay, the the question is, would you rather have Justin Fields or blank? 
And I the point here is I think if you start going through the NFC, and we'll start there, <laughs> the question is would you rather have Justin Fields at this point in his career with what you've seen so far mm-hmm. or let's just start in the NFC North. Would you rather have Kirk Cousins? <laughs> who was that? Was that Lawrence? That was Lawrence. That was Lawrence, our producer. No. Just, no. Kind of almost sounded like Mike Glennon. No. Lawrence, well documented at this point, does not like Kirk Cousins even more than I don't like Kirk Cousins. So. Uh, and to, the, to answer your question, Adam, I would not take Kirk Cousins over Justin Fields. At this. Got to, you know, clap over there from Lawrence. But no, I wouldn't. So, uh, again, looking at the upside of Justin Fields... Kirk Cousins doesn't have that. And the Vikings haven't gone anywhere with Kirk Cousins. So, for me, I'm taking Justin Fields over at Kirk Cousins. Yes. Okay. Jared Goff. You like that. that. (laughs) Kirk does not like that. He does not. I am taking Justin Fields over Jared Goff. I think the Lions, you know, the Lions won't admittedly say that, but, yeah. Well, but they didn't last year. They could have. They could have. The Vikings wanted to, but but the Bears beat them to it. They got Kellen on and said, all right, Aaron Rodgers. Taking Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I am too. Yeah, I mean, but, yeah. But I, at the risk of saying something crazy, I do wonder, <laughs> like, if you if you had, like, if you put True Serum into Brian Gutekunst, who already tried to draft his replacement once. Yeah. Okay, true. that turned out to be a disaster. Has dealt with all this drama with Aaron. And if he really believes in Justin Fields, remember, this is a, you know, the question really in this situation is, if you believe in Justin Fields being the next, like, huge franchise quarterback in the NFL, you're getting that for 10, 15 years or a few more years at Aaron Rodgers and his pinky toe. <laughs> I don't think they're done with the pinky toe. Um, is that healed by now or do I, we need to check in on that? Is I, it okay? I don't, I don't I, Sure, it's fine. Okay, I don't think we need to check in on it though. Uh, would you rather have Justin Fields or Nicholas? Well, Mar- Nicholas Marino does not exist. There's a Nicholas Moriano though. Um, but- I'd go Nick Marino every day of the week. <laughs> Thank you, Devin. Um, but yeah, I think uh, when you're talking on-field stuff right now, their careers like yes, Aaron Rodgers of course is a better football player. He's just won the MVP, right? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that one not much of a question. But looking long term. Right? That's that's yeah. where it gets interesting. That's where it can get interesting for sure. All right, let's go to the NFC East. Dak Prescott. Justin Fields or Dak Prescott? I'm taking Dak Prescott. Yeah, I'm taking Dak Prescott too. Still young enough despite the injuries proven. Mm-hmm. Um you give him weapons, he's gonna I mean he's gonna maximize a lot of those guys yeah. too. So it's a little bit more of a sure thing, but yes. could Justin Fields end up being better? Sure. Yeah. Sure. I mean there's still something there that's missing, I think, with, with Dak. Mm-hmm. He's not at the top of the the list. He's definitely towards the. He's definitely a guy you can win a lot of football games with, though, and sometimes because of. All right, Philadelphia, Jalen Hurts. We had this conversation about Hurts. I'm still taking Justin Fields over Jalen Hurts. I still think the I still think the Eagles are trying to figure out what they kind of have in Jalen Hurts at at this point in time. But the upside with with Justin Fields is what I'm baking at, and where he's gonna hopefully kind of traject to in his uh, second year in the NFL. Yeah, I'm definitely taking Justin Fields. He's a, he's a better player. I like Jalen Hurts coming out, but I had Justin Fields. If they were in the same draft class, way higher. Justin yes, Fields. Kevin over here, our head of content, who's just working, pretending not to listen, he give you a, a good argument for J- Jalen Hurts. Over Justin Fields? Maybe. 
I mean, honestly, if, <laughs> there's, if there's he's a chair over here, <laughs> <laughs> I'm wondering if he should come over here. Um, all right. So we're both agreeing on Justin Fields there and Carson Wentz. Yeah, I'm taking Justin Fields. Right. I mean, look, I don't know why Washington traded what they did to get Carson Wentz, but in the most important game of his life against the Jacksonville Jaguars, it was a stinker. Like, you can't you can't have that happen. So yeah. uh, I'm definitely taking Justin Fields. And then Daniel Jones. I'm taking Justin Fields. Okay. So <laughs> we've gone through two divisions now, and – there's been one quarterback in each of those divisions that happened to be the MVP too. You would right. take over Justin Fields. All right, let's go to the NFC South. Um, who's the quarterback in Tampa again? I forget his name. <sighs> he's pretty good. I think he's a goat. His, oh, the goat. Like the actual like a goat. Um, is he still there? Did he retire again? Did he not retire? Is he scheming to be a dolphin? Wayne Gabbert's know. wondering the same thing right now. Yeah, <laughs> playing Gabbert or Justin Fields? No. Okay. So <laughs> we're obviously going to take Tom Brady. But again. Guy who just retired and came back. What has he got what, this year? Like, is that it? And then, then you're you're searching for who your it, quarterback is. If you're Todd Bowles, actually, if I'm Todd Bowles, I'm taking Brady. Yeah, because yeah, I want to make sure honestly. I get. I I, I want to take. I want to make sure I get that ring this year. Um, mm-hmm. And that's the surefire way to do it. Yeah. Have Tom Brady as your quarterback. But I'm just saying, even that situation, like, <laughs> I'm not going to be the one who makes the argument the other way. But I could no, see somebody no. doing it, and I would listen to the argument. Mm-hmm. Let's just put it that way. Compelling. All right. Um, New Orleans. Taysom Hill? Yeah. Taysom Hill. Um, I I mean, I don't think Taysom Hill is going to amount to much. I mean, it's a good gadget guy, a good good quarterback to, to have in the room, but as an actual quarterback, I'm, I'm taking Justin Fields. Well, I mean, Winston's back there, right? He is? Yeah. yeah. So, Jameis Winston, I, I think the question is probably Jameis Winston or... Yeah, Justin they signed him to, I think it was a two-year, $28 okay. million dollar deal. You yeah. got to figure. Yeah, you probably start. Okay. I'm still, still taking. Yeah. I'm still taking fields, though. James Winston's already the first round. I don't want to say. He's not a bust. He's, he's still around. But, yeah, but he's he never going to amount to that, that draft status, for it, sure. Exactly. All right. Um, Atlanta, now Marcus Mariota. Same kind of conversation. They were in the same draft class. It was Mariota and Winston. Neither one really worked out where mm-hmm. they started, and they've been bouncing around a little bit. Carolina's situation. They can't find a quarterback to save their lives. Is that still Sam Darnold? Or? I think so, but they're talking about maybe trading back in the first round to draft a guy because they don't want to draft him in the top 10 because none of these quarterbacks are worth that. Mm-hmm. So they're kind of stuck in a, in a tough spot. You take fields there. Yeah. All right, the West gets a little bit more interesting, I think, mm-hmm. uh, at least with two teams. Matthew Stafford or Justin Fields? Go Matthew Stafford. I'm going to go Matthew Stafford okay. here. Um, especially what he showed you in the playoffs. Like being there for the, you know, doing it for the first time and going and winning everything. That's that's impressive to me. And you saw once he changed teams, that's who I think Matthew Stafford was always capable of being, being hindered there in Detroit. But I will, I'll take Stafford. Yeah. Okay. I guess this is where I'm going to have a hot take. I'm taking Justin Fields over okay. Matthew Stafford. Okay. Matthew Stafford, love him. Glad he got his ring. Did a great job with the Rams. Everything around, They gave him everything. They gave him everything, and it was a much better situation in Detroit, and he took advantage of it. But if I am trying to build a franchise right now, I'm trying to find that young dual-threat quarterback that can do it all, I'm taking Justin Fields over Matthew Stafford. But I can understand where that's kind of murky over mm-hmm. which direction you go. I'd actually be... Um, yeah, 
I'll just say this, Sam. It's like the Rams did everything that you would want a team to do if you're looking to compete. Then they add the quarterback, and they they ultimately achieved their number one goal of winning the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. So it's like he was the missing link, and that's exactly what they needed. This is coming from Kevin, who's just right over there. You can't see him on camera. If Justin Fields throws for 3,100 yards, 16 touchdowns, 9 interceptions, plus adds 10 touchdowns and 600, 800 yards on the ground, Chicago would be going nuts. That is what hurts Okay, hit yeah. last year. Okay. 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 For those listening to the podcast, thirty one hundred yards, sixteen touchdowns, nine interceptions, uh, then had ten touchdowns on the ground. I agree. I mean, that's that's a good stat yes. line. Yeah. Um, and the Bears have that problem where they don't get quarterbacks that throw for three thousand yards. No. But I think those are realistic numbers for Justin Fields mm -hmm. in this Luke Getze, uh offense. And I would actually say that you'd like to see fewer interceptions. And we set the over-under on touchdowns, which we all took the under, but it was at 24. Yeah. So, But total touchdowns, I think we were both, we were all in consensus above that. Right. And, again, factor in who he's going to be throwing to, like 16, it's not not a crazy number to land on. Um. All right, out in Arizona. Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray. That's a tough one. That is tough. Because, what? Is that tough? You're I taking feel, Kyler? I'll take Kyler in a heartbeat. Yeah. yeah. So he, the re only reason why I say it's tough is because some of this offseason stuff that's come up. Yeah. Where, like, there's questions about his leadership and if they really like him down there. And then Arizona was – they were high and mighty in the beginning of they the season. They were 7-1. and one. And then they just fell. Yeah. And, you know, a large part, obviously, a lot of things kind of factor in there. But you look at the quarterback, too, but – He did get injured. He did get injured. Yeah. So I think with what we know, I'm taking Kyler because he's still young. He's still dynamic. Mm -hmm. He wasn't that MVP playmaker. Contention. Yeah, definitely was in the So, but it wouldn't surprise me if a year from now things are different with that. I, it, but that's a tougher one. All right, in San Francisco, Jimmy Garoppolo still there. He's yeah, he's still there. I, I guess he would still be the yeah. starter at, at this point in time. And I take Justin Fields. I take Justin Fields. Um, what about Trey Lance? I would still take Justin. Yeah, Fields I had Lance, Lance slightly higher than Fields last year. I kind of almost immediately regretted that. I still am high on Trey Lance though, um, but we haven't seen anything yet at the no. NFL level. So it's hard mm -hmm. for me to it's hard for me to sit here and say that I would take still take him over Fields. Yeah. Um, when even though Fields' overall body work last year wasn't the best, circumstances all that we've talked about a lot. Plenty of high moments to be excited about. Uh, and then in Seattle, we're talking about Drew, Drew Locke right, right now. Maybe yeah. they make a run for Baker Mayfield. Either way. Yeah, still take a field. Okay, so when it was all said and done in the NFC, the only quarterbacks we have clearly where we agreed Both. ahead yeah. of them were Aaron Rodgers, Dak Prescott, Tom Brady. Okay. Now I'll go with Murray with you. And on then that Kyler one. Murray. Okay. So that's four. And then we split on Stafford, yeah. which would be five. So at worst, he's already six in the NFC, despite the despite the problems he had last year. I mean Man, if you now if you just add some pieces now that all Bears fans have been wanting, and you have a guy that let's say is at worst is a sixth best quarterback in the NFC. And, you know, Roger's not going to be here for much longer. Brady's not going to be here for much longer. Yeah. You kind of move up a little bit more. Now, I, there, there's a chance. There's a window for Fields to, if he can amount to what we all think he's capable of, that if this coaching staff can get that out of him, 
the Bears could be in a spot that they haven't really been in before. Yeah. Now, there are more quarterbacks in the AFC. Maybe we save that for tomorrow. Maybe we should do the AFC Maybe, tomorrow. Yeah. Um, and I, because I think, I think the fun thing about the reason why I think doing the AFC is worth it tomorrow would be because there's some de- fun debates there. Like the NFC, it was kind of cut and dry. Yeah. I think Stafford was the best debate. Um, in the AFC, like, Derek Carr would be an interesting, like, he just signed a big contract, too. Name to debate. So, um, you know, I think we've heard enough from the uh, Jalen Hurts fan club at this point. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I like Jalen Hurts. I'm I'm like the leader of the Jalen Hurts fan club. But um, all right, let's uh, before we move on, guys. We have a super chat from Bear Forever 14. He says, "Totally off topic. Today is the 110 year anniversary of the Titanic striking an iceberg, uh, sank on the 15th. Just thought you should know. Go Bears." Oh. Wow. Interesting factoid there. Thank you. you. Were, uh, we were actually, before Adam, you got here, we were talking about doing like NFL history because apparently you and I need to, I guess, catch up on our history according to Kevin and Lawrence because we don't know players from 20 or 30 years ago. Some of them. Yeah, I don't but. know. If you don't know random player from random 4 and 12 Bears team from the <laughs> early 90s, I think I can live with that. <laughs> Um, so if tomorrow is the anniversary of when the Titanic sunk, then that is also the anniversary of when Rose didn't let Jack on the very obviously big enough piece of wood <laughs> to save his life <laughs> and, proxy, I and think let him correct. die. True love. Just let him die. <laughs> that movie, even when I was younger, when I watched it, like I would always cry. <laughs> like I don't know. Every time that that scene got me, it was big enough. A- I mean, <laughs> it, it, why, why, why not let him on there too? I don't understand it. And part of why I bring this up is Titanic is my wife's favorite oh, okay. movie, and I bring that up all the time just to drive her crazy. <laughs> That's hilarious. So, and then we laugh about the um, when she throws the um, ocean. The what is the, the 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 jewel of the sea or whatever the hell mm. it's called back in at the end of the. Okay, the yeah. movie. Sorry, spoiler alert. If you haven't, if you seen, haven't Titanic seen Titanic, Titanic by now, yeah. it's like uh, I don't know, twenty five years ago. Um, she makes the funniest noise ever. It's like, uh, <laughs> and she drops it in the ocean. Is that not the funniest scene in any movie ever? You gotta like. I think there's an amazing like YouTube clip of it out there. If if you want to look it up, wait till after the show, please. Um, but it just it's so funny. I'm we sorry. We have our clip. That's for later today. We this, have our clip. The stupid things that I find funny. I, I apologize in advance. Hey, the best way to support CHGO is to download the PointsBet app. Use code CHGO when you sign up. And if you do that right now, you get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. But that's not it. If you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content. And you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. So it's $2,000 in free bets a free CHGO membership, and a free T-shirt from the CHGO Locker, all for making a $50 or more first-time deposit at PointsBet. If you have any questions, email pointsbet at allchgo.com. Your home for live in-play betting just got even better because there's now the live NBA same-game parlay. For the first time ever, build the perfect live NBA same-game parlay only with points bet combine your favorite bets anytime during the game and boost those bets too now you can sign up online 
in Illinois. Download the PointsBet app right now. Register your account from start to finish all from your phone. What are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Okay. Pick a prospect time. Should we start with yours? We can. Why don't, Let's do it. Let's why don't do you it. go ahead with your defensive my, guy? Yeah, defensive guy. Not a... Not People don't like no. They people don't, like, don't like the defense on this on the show. I Be don't careful. Know why. But we are going to go on the defensive side, and it is another linebacker. I'm going with Shanning Tyndall out of Georgia, guy that's six foot one, two hundred thirty pounds, sideline to sideline speed. Adam, where hey, the ball carries on the opposite end of the play. You're going to see number forty one over there, Shanning Tyndall, usually making the tack, uh, usually making the tackle, but attacks downhill. And does so with power, force, explosiveness, a big hitter. Like, I would think most running backs know who Shannon Tyndall is. Despite him not actually being a starter for most of his time with the Bulldogs. See, it wasn't until his final season there at Georgia where he got a little bit more playing time. But just made the most out of every single opportunity he was out there. The, the knocks on a player like him, again, he wasn't a full-time starter. So he had to really just wait and... Again, that took away some of those opportunities I was talking about, but he did play in a 3-4 defense at Georgia, and he definitely is better playing the run than he is at the pass at this point. And also, because he has such good sideline-to-sideline speed, I felt like he wasn't as reactive as I would like him to be not playing with those instincts. So just want to see him play with a little bit better anticipation. And again, if he gets more of those opportunities, maybe he can get that um, with a NFL team but Shanning Tyndall there, uh, Adam. Got a good name. I like it. I'm sure Roquan Smith would like this. I, I'm sure a, he would, yeah. A fellow Bulldog join him there in that linebacker group. Interesting player. I guess kind of similar to Leo Chanel, who we broke down yesterday, who mm-hmm. um, I, I would say Chanel probably has better instincts, uh, which I like. That's a hard, like, I don't know. When, when I just watch guys on defense on film, when I see that, it's just something I it, it catches value your value a lot. Yeah. Uh, it's something Roquan always had with mm-hmm. his ridiculous film, but that's why he went, you know, in the top ten. All right, my guy is a wide receiver. We've talked a little bit about, but I really wanted to go more in depth with him. David Bell from Purdue. Uh, there's no bigger Purdue fan than our guy Greg Braggs, who I saw in our Discord channel talking about hey. David Bell the other day. So I figured this would be a good good guy to bring up, but. I just don't understand why David Bell is not getting more love at this point. He is such a good player. All he does is produce. Look at those numbers there. If you're watching on YouTube right now, basically every game he started, you're getting nine catches over 100 yards and a good chance he's going to score a touchdown in the game because he averaged 0.8 touchdowns per start as well. Just always open. Just always producing ex-wide receiver at Purdue, um, and could line up in multiple different places. Mm-hmm. He's getting knocked because he ran a 4.65 at the combine, which was not very good. I'm telling you, he plays faster than that. But, yeah, he's not going to give you top-end speed, acceleration. Otherwise, he'd be a surefire first-round pick. Oh, yeah. We're talking about guys that you're getting value with here in the second or even third round in David Bell's case because he seems to be falling a little bit after that uh, poor combine performance. Man, I just don't care enough about that combine thing. He just the tape is so good. All he does is is show up. He had a great battle 
against Greg Newsome two years ago in West Lafayette uh, during the COVID year in 2020. Greg Newsome, a first-round corner, went to Cleveland. Watch that tape because they both – I came away from that game being like, both of these guys are NFL starters. <laughs> well, Adam, too, I think – look, he's not a, a combine sh- running shorts warrior, right? Like, that's okay. That's okay that he can't run a 4-3, four, 4-4 four, four in, in shorts. That's not what you're going to be playing in, right? Yeah. So I think for me, David Bell is somebody that for Justin Fields is going to be one an immediate contributor just because of where you yes. can line him up on the outside as the X. You can line him up in the slot. He knows how to win off the line of scrimmage, create that separation despite not having that speed, but he just makes plays so consistent. And in this Bears wide receiver room, everybody who's in the chat listening – wouldn't you want a guy like that? If, you know, pick 71, round three. David Bell's on your board. And it lines up with the Bears' big board. I think that's, that's like a, a really good addition to a wide receiver room that's still so young, is in need of playmakers. And, again, just that consistency for me, Adam, is why I would love for the Bears to just, again, look into a guy like David Bell and maybe add him to this team. Plus, there are examples, plenty of examples, of really, really good wide receivers who don't necessarily have that top-end speed. Devontae Adams being, like, the best-case scenario, mm-hmm. right? But yeah. I think a good comp for David Bell is actually Allen Robinson. Yep. Who, you know, you're not going to get a lot of yak out of him. Um, the blocking can be kind of hit or miss, but, you know, it's serviceable enough. Mm-hmm. Doesn't have that top-end speed, but just gets open, makes plays. And I think if people... And uh, Jordan points out here, Allen Robinson's 40 time was 4-6. Exactly. So there you go. You take Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson, quite frankly, is getting slandered a little bit because of what happened last season. Allen Robinson mm-hmm. was a really good player, okay, and and probably will continue to be a pretty good player for, for the for Rams now, out there. Yeah, joining Matthew Stafford. I saw a comment earlier um, – where was it? If you can scroll up there, let's see. Well, let me address one real quick. Yeah, Terry yeah. McLaurin's name came up, and t- they're, sol- they're, they're different type players, but one of the reasons why Terry McLaurin, I like his name coming up here, was because Terry McLaurin was a guy who I also got to see in person, mm. you know, from the sidelines doing Northwestern games, where I was just like, this dude is just a good Football player. He's always open. I remember I was prepping for the uh, Ohio State Northwestern Big Ten Championship game, and I'm watching the film, and I'm just like, this guy's just all he does is make plays. All he does is produce. And then you get to the draft process, and it's like, yeah, but he's undersized. Yeah, but he's this, but he's this. And then he's third round pick, right? For or did he go in the second? I think he went. I'll look Terry, it up. I think scary Terry. Regardless, same area of the draft, and Washington just got a good player. Yeah, and I saw it was uh, the comment had something to do with like, oh, he doesn't fit Poles and the speed that he's looking for at the wide receiver position. But Ryan Poles told us, Adam, at the NFL Scouting Combine, they're looking for wide receivers that have all these different body types. Actually, it was Matt Eberflus. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Matt Eberflus said they're looking for wide receivers that match all these different body types. There isn't a David Bell, like that type of body type on this current Bears roster. So you got to have different wide receivers that can do a little bit of. You know, they can have, like, their strengths in one area, but another guy has strengths in this area. So that's why I think David Bell could work in what Ryan Poles, this Bears team, is trying to build for, for Justin Fields. So, yes, of course, if he can be 6'4", six, 6'3", six, and also run a 4'3", yes, of course, you're going to love to take that. But I think what David Bell does in the other areas of his game 
compensates for that that lack of long speed, that forty yard time. Yeah, and Al Robinson is probably a little bit bigger of a wide receiver, but I still think like there's a pretty decent comp there um, between those guys. What they can be, what they project at, is probably in the NFL. So um, anyway. Yeah, I, I I like David Bell a lot. If he ends up being a bear, I think that that's a that's, that's a better for fit. the Bears, honestly. Yeah. So I saw somebody in the comments earlier. They asked the question: If they how do how do I start my day more with a better competitive edge? I'm like, hey, you're jumping the gun here in the Strava craft coffee, but here it comes. Strava CBD coffee is a game changer and has helped thousands of people to improve their overall wellness and quality of life. Strava delivers delicious, fresh roasted specialty coffee infused with organic broad-spectrum CBD. Just so you know, CBD from hemp doesn't make you high or hungry, but it does offer real benefits that can help you. Like feeling alert and focused without the jitters, living your day more balanced with less anxiety and fewer aches and pains, plus including CBD in your daily routine can help you enjoy more restful sleep so you wake up feeling at your best. And the best part of all this, Strava is all about quality, Everything is small batch, fresh, and shipped straight to your door. Strava also offers concentrated full-spectrum CBD tinctures for those looking for a more traditional CBD format with a powerful entourage effect of benefits. CHGO listeners can save 25% off their entire purchase when they use code CHGO25. That's 25% off your entire order at StravaCraftCoffee.com when you use code CHGO25 at checkout. Discount coupon valid on non-subscription purchases, only one use per customer. But already love Strava? Subscribe and save with the Strava Coffee Club. With Strava, you are in control. Save on your favorite coffees and have them automatically delivered to your home or office on your preferred schedule. Hey, what a day we had here at CHGO yesterday. Loaded up. Jared Payton was here on this show. We had Blackhawks head coach Derek King on the Blackhawks show, which was awesome. Will Perdue was in studio with the Bulls guys, the White Sox guys that closed out the night with a, with an exciting win mm-hmm. to talk about. The White Sox 4-1 and one for the first time since 2005. So if you haven't figured it out, podcasts, live shows on every team every day. I shouldn't leave out the Cubs because – Hey, Suzuki Madness. Right oh, it now. is. Everybody's yeah. loving Seiya Suzuki. So uh, make sure you're checking them all out, not just the shows here for the Bears. We've got post-game shows. Those are a lot of fun. I can't wait till we get to start doing those. And uh, if you just want the premium written content as well, go to allchgo.com. Members-only content up there. And that gives you access to the members-only Discord, which I referenced before, uh, which is giving us some interaction and some uh it's almost like pre and post like pre-game the show post game mm-hmm. the show yeah. on there with some ideas we're in there interacting with you in the chgo lounge so that's for members only at all chgo.com when you become a member you get a free shirt as well so um and if you miss anything like anything i just brought up you can go back and listen to the podcast so if you didn't hear jared payton yesterday if you missed the Blackhawks interview, the Bull stuff, go back, listen to the podcast. They're all available for you wherever you listen to your pods. Just look up CHGO and then the team that you're looking for, and you, I promise you you can find the shows uh, and subscribe. So thanks so much for everybody yeah, that is Adam's- here every day, either li- watching live or listening later to the pods. Yeah, CHGO was the place to be yesterday. I mean, obviously you can get all your content throughout the week, but again, all the guests that we had and – 
man, it was just so much fun. Like I was able to actually see a little bit of the Blackhawks podcast and just having, you know, the head coach of the team in, in studio. Yeah. Like that's, that's really cool. So if you want to see more content like that, and then like, like Adam was saying with the premium content, CHGO is a place to be, man. So definitely check that out. All right. Uh, teased earlier on in the show an interview that uh, Matt Eberflus did with Chris Collinsworth. It was long. It was like a good 40, mm-hmm. 40 yep. plus minutes. And um, some interesting stuff in there, I thought, some takeaways. First of all, uh, we mentioned earlier, if you're tuning in late, that he said this is Justin Fields' team. So oh, yeah. that, was, that was definitely noticeable. I just think overall, he keeps hitting on a lot of, like if you're looking for reasons to be optimistic or things that at least excite me when I think about everything that's gone wrong the last few years. Okay, so when I hear him talk about how he is going to be a CEO-type coach and reiterate that, Alan Williams is going to call the defense, Luke Getz is going to call the offense, Richard Hightower is going to call special teams, and he is just going to be that CEO that's overlooking everything. We saw how big of a problem that became for Matt Nagy when he's still trying to run the offense. Mm -hmm. Then he has to give up play calling, but he's still heavily involved in the offense. And it's just, it never, never really worked. So I think that that, while it works in other places, I think this is a good adjustment for the Bears. And one of the benefits to them actually hiring a defensive head coach over an offensive head coach who probably would have stayed heavily involved and called the plays and all that and wanted to be married to Justin Fields um, forever. So I think that that was one thing that stood out to me. Yeah, I like that too, Adam, just because I feel like Matty Reflus is going to have a good sense of what everyone's actually doing in their respective rooms because he plans on going to, like, after uh, a meeting's done, just checking in on, you know, how that meeting went. So that's... It is encouraging to to hear from Matty Reflus. One of my takeaways that just, again, listening to the Chris Collinsworth podcast that had Matt Eberflus on there, he said if there's like 20 minutes in individual drills, they're going to spend about six or seven minutes just primarily on ways to take away the football. Mm-hmm. And we know that's a huge emphasis for what this defense wants to do and needs to be doing if they're going to have success on that side of the ball. But just whether it's maybe having when they're throwing passes to some of these defenders – not throwing the most accurate passes because once in a game, it's not like the ball is always perfectly placed. You've got to adjust to where it's at. So just having that devotion to trying to take away the football and implementing it in practice, hopefully that translates to to game days and on the football field. There were some actual nuggets that in there too, like him talking about the defensive line, defensive line waves. Yeah, uh, coming from a Rod Marinelli, like disciple, and so familiar with how uh, – that's how Eberflus wants to use the defensive lineman in waves mm-hmm. is how he put it. So you're talking about kind of like shift change, changes yeah. in hockey. So every – now, I would argue then they don't have enough linemen right now. They better, they better yeah. work on that. Um, but the, they're going to – so he's basically said like the top-end starters, like the true number one guys, they're probably going to play at least 65% yep. of the snaps. But most of them are going to be more like 50 or lower – so you're going to see guys coming in, coming out. The reasoning being, the fresher you are, the more you can be playing at 100% every single snap. The way that they are going to condition these guys is going to help, but that's still really, really hard to ask a player, especially a lineman, to go 100% every single snap for an entire football game, especially when you start thinking about games where the defense ends up just naturally being on the field a lot sometimes Mm -hmm. because you just can't always control that. 
Uh, so keeping these guys fresh, putting them out there in waves to make sure that every snap you're maximizing your rushes on the quarterback. Yeah, that was uh, one of my takeaways for sure, just listening to that. Um, because the Colts defense, you know, does play with a fast pace too, you do want to have like those waves coming in and out. So Travis Smith, the defensive line coach for the Bears, like Adam was just saying, disciple of Rod Marinelli. So knows how to kind of rotate those guys, has a good feel for how to do that. And, you know, they mentioned maybe their their top-end guy, Robert Quinn's name was mentioned there as being the guy. And I know, like, earlier there's maybe maybe more so fan boards talking about, hey, dude, are they going to trade Robert Quinn if, if that's a possibility? I think they see him as their, obviously their number one guy at this point in time. But um, another takeaway just from kind of listening to what Matt Eberflus had to say, they were asking about, like, the draft season and, like, the offensive line play, but Matty Reflu said it starts up front and the same thing is said on the defense. That will play into their identity as a football mm-hmm. team. So we were talking, what was it, maybe last podcast, Adam, where what if the Bears still don't feel like they have that three-tech guy? Uh, yes, they have Justin Jones on a two-year contract, but they identified that as their major need and you kind of settle with a Justin Jones rather than get a Larry Ogunjobi. So having that identity be on the offensive line, I feel like that's almost, again, maybe foreshadowing what the Bears could do day one or day two of the draft when they have those two second-round draft picks and the third-rounder. But um, emphasis on the line play on both sides is definitely another thing that Matt Eberflus is looking at for this football team. All right, then the last thing I had on my list from that interview, I wish Olin was here for it because there were some buzzwords, some key words in there that I thought were key. And what was interesting was Iberflus was actually breaking down the offensive scheme, which to this point we don't know a whole lot about. But he used West Coast, but they're talking about Shanahan principles outside zone. And one of the things he talked about was, and I'll give Collinsworth credit for teeing him up the right way uh, with the question, but the idea that when you're running these outside zone schemes, you're, you're forcing the defense to flow that way, right? You you're you got those linemen all kind of chasing to that side. Mm-hmm. They got to get wider because you're trying to run to that outside. And the idea of boots <laughs> and nakeds and giving Justin Fields a quick keeper and an easy completion right in front of him. Also, a word he used, screen. What? Yes. It's like that word slant, too, that you don't (laughs) hear about in the Bears' offense. (laughs) And and so it's interesting to hear Iberflus talk about the offense, actually, but in a way where he's talking about how to defend it, which is why it's good to have a coach that can kind of talk through both at the same time. I really like that idea and that working here with Matt Iberflus. Um, So I think Bears fans, once this offense comes together, are going to at least like what they're attempting to do. Like, if yeah. they, I don't want to say like, <laughs> like the it. results I and like that, I'm yeah. not because I'm still very skeptical they're going to be scoring like 20 points a game even regularly. That would be nice, but um, they got a lot to work on and they obviously need some help on the offensive line. But just I schematically the thought process, yeah, yes, I, I like it. Things it, that make sense there that we were, we were all screaming at for. You know, the last couple of years, why don't they do this? Mm-hmm. I like this comment here from RW528, but was it in Notions? <laughs> That's <how> Olin, <laughs> Olin's like, what is Notion? I <laughs> uh, love that 
And you can only know about that if you're you're a CHGO yeah. listener listening to the previous podcast episode. It's good, but. like a month in, we you know we got some inside jokes like that. Yeah, that's, being, that's, being that's delivered awesome. by the people that are watching every day. I love it. I love. Well, it wasn't in notions. Love it. Love it. No. Uh, just one one other thing, Adam, real quickly. He was talking about that West Coast system. What it'll do for Fields, like when Fields goes to the line, he's gonna know exactly what his progressions are, which he should. And then just a clear, have a clear understanding of the offense. I, I was watching like last year's game against the Pittsburgh Steelers, and yes, that was Justin Fields' best game. But knowing where everybody else should be lined up at it would also be something that maybe the quarterback should know as well. But like there were times where they're coming out of timeouts, they call a timeout, and then I think Cole Komet was lined up illegal formation. It's like it killed drives. But I think with Fields understanding what's going to be the ins and outs of this offense. That helps out everybody, all the other 10 players that's going to be in that huddle, despite him only you know, being the first year in this offense, but only going to year two. I think that's going to help Fields too, which will ultimately help the entire offense. So uh, another takeaway, I guess, from Iberflus' conversation with Chris Collinsworth. Simplification is what that is. Just you got too many guys. You're asking them to, to do too much, Thinking to too worry much. about too much. Then they go up to the line thinking instead of playing. Mm-hmm. I think it. I think it hurt a lot of the wide receivers actually. Yeah, that came through here in recent years. Like I wonder, um, uh, like an Anthony. Like I felt like the knock was for Matt Nagy, or one of the difficulties with Nagy's offense was like, yeah, wide receivers are gonna have to learn this playbook before they even really get a lot of playing mm-hmm. time. Again, what are they actually even really learning here? But it just it took them so much time to get acclimated to this that. You wonder if it was a little bit more simplified, could could guys have panned out? We we won't ever know that answer, but yeah, I think simple can go a long way. Yeah, um, Hendrick says if Vildor is starting, then Poles and Flus need to be fired immediately. Wide receiver can wait till forty eight. Plus, if nobody signs Julio Jones, I take a flyer on him. Pair him with Mooney for a season. Lot there. Lot, lot to digest there. One, I agree that Kindle Vildor did not show you enough last year to be plugged in as a starter right away. At minimum, he needs to be competing for that job uh, this year. And I do think that corner is a spot to watch early on in this draft. Just like they got Jalen Johnson in the second round last year, there's guys mm-hmm. to to uh, target there that could be pretty early starters. Jalen played right away as a rookie uh, week one. So that's something to keep an eye on. Um Julio Jones, like, I don't know if they're going to sign Julio Jones, but I do think there's going to be guys like that. Yeah. There's, by my count, 31 roster spots still available, which is crazy. So you're going to go into the draft. You know, you're going to draft seven, eight players, depending on some trades, whatever the final number ends up being. Then you're with this much space, you're going to end up signing, you know, 15 plus college free agents yeah and it's still gonna leave you room on the back end where you're still not to 90 um and even if you do maximize it to 90 you can constantly cut guys to bring in some type of veteran like that i don't know if it's gonna Mm -hmm. be julio jones i don't know if it's gonna be jarvis landry who knows you know like the like the bears adding elk ogletree last year or jason peters last year maybe it'll be jason peters again this year (laughs) you know the point is a lot of time still to fill that back end of the roster yeah, and I mean, we'll be next week at Hallis Hall kind of seeing a little bit of what's going on there to, uh, with the players that they currently have and seeing what what more that they'll eventually add. But yeah, a lot of still a lot of work for, for Ryan Poles, Matty Reflus to do. And like we said, two weeks from today, the NFL draft starts.
All right. Uh, let's close out the show today with some questions. Uh, and we got and, any super chats that come in. We'll be happy to take those. So Brian Schuster says, do you think this offense will work better for David Montgomery? Well, that was kind of we've been talking about this for for a while now too. Does does David Montgomery exactly fit the outside zone? I think he could still be a capable running back in this this scheme, especially if you can add some talent around uh, the offensive line. So to answer your question, I th- will it work better? I think it'll work. I think it'll work for David Montgomery. I think he's a capable running back that shows you the skill set that he can succeed in this type of offense. And he for for this season, twenty twenty two. I think they're going to use David Montgomery a lot in this system. And Khalil Herbert hopefully gets gets more opportunities, though, as well. Yeah, I, I understand some of the concerns about Montgomery in this scheme, but I, I think some of it's been a little bit overblown. I just think he's a guy that, that fits a lot, a lot of different schemes. He's just honestly. a good running back that yeah. can, in my opinion, play pretty much anywhere in the NFL um, and is going to come to work and work on the things that he needs to do. And one thing I um, – had popped through my brain yesterday as we were talking to Jerry Payton about Dave Montgomery that just didn't, we didn't get a chance to, to touch on. But one day I think got, it got gotten forgotten a little bit. He was faster last year mm-hmm. in training camp. It was one of the first things I noticed watching him on the field. He was faster. And I thought that that translated and was there early on in the season before he hurt his knee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now he came back from that knee injury quicker than I thought he would. And he was certainly at least to the level he had been at before, um, like in previous years. But I don't know that he ever got back to having that speed that I thought he had increased um, in those first few games of the season. So I wonder now that he's had the off season to recover and get some of that back. Um, I do think as long as he can stay healthy, that he can be a little bit more explosive if that's the one knock on David Montgomery. Um, I just think he's a good player. And so I, you know. Yeah, I mean, I remember like him, it was early on in that Rams game, week one, the Sunday night game, where it was a big run down the right sideline. He's like, oh, there's that speed that David Montgomery was working on all offseason. Kind of translated really early on, but... That that I would also just like to see him more involved in the passing game. I think he's I think he's more capable of being a, a better pass catcher than he's gotten the opportunities to show that at this point in his career. But that would also be another wrinkle that he can still add to his game. He just needs to get those opportunities there. All right, we got a super chat from Hawaii. I'm assuming it's from Hawaii. Appreciate that. Um, I know the Bears need help everywhere, but how would you guys think about an all offensive? draft of course not counting uh undrafted free agents i don't know how serious that question is but um wasn't there adam sorry to cut you but like a baseball team that drafted all pitchers or something like that uh didn't that happen recently it may have been in that that draft angels was it like in that five round draft a couple (laughs) years ago but what i was going to bring up was 2020 the Carolina Panthers. Oh yeah! In Matt Rule's first year, mm-hmm. they drafted all defense. They had seven picks. They went defensive tackle, defensive end, safety, corner, safety, defensive Jeez. tackle, corner. Wow! So yeah, I don't expect that to happen, but it, it has. Co- it it could. Um, Is that the year with Jeremy Chin? Twenty twenty. Yes, such yes. a good yeah. player. Such a good player. I don't know how much that that draft has paid off for them but um 
<laughs> but they did it. But they, they did. did. They did get Jeremy Chin. Um, yeah, like to again, I don't think that's the direction the Bears are gonna go. And there's so many offensive needs, but you can look at the offense and look at the defensive holes and be like, oh, they match. Oh, there's a hole there. There's a hole there. So I don't think it's gonna be exactly what they do. But if they leaned heavily just drafting offensive players, I, I get it. I completely get that. And then they drafted J.C. Horn with their first-round pick last year, too. Jeez. So, you they know, <laughs> right away they had another corner after all that. So, um, yeah, it is fun to think about. I just – Too many holes all over the roster to go one side to me. Yeah, and one thing that was in that Eberflus interview with Collinsworth was him talking about best player available. Yeah. And I kind of yeah. laughed at that part because he goes, well, the one thing we've, we've uh, done well in free agency was it's really allowed us – to uh, go into the draft and draft best player available. And I'm like, well, yeah, if you don't address any of your needs, <laughs> then, then yeah, That's you can true. address I, them all in the draft. Yeah, I have the quote here that you're talking about um, from Matt Eberflus on the Chris Collinsworth podcast. He said, we set ourselves up really nice in terms of free agency to be able to take the best player available, and that's what we want to do. We want to be able to take the best player available that's there on the board for us. We'll put ourselves in that position to be able to do that. We're in a good spot. A question here from Joe. Is Larry Borum more likely to start at right guard or right tackle? Interesting question because they still have a big, massive void <laughs> at, at right guard. guard. Um, however, when you heard Ryan Pulse talk down in Florida at the owners' meetings, he made it sound very clear that they were going to keep Borum at tackle, keep Jenkins at tackle, and let those guys kind of figure it out. So I would just say, like, as of right now, more likely to start at right tackle – but let's see how the draft plays out. Mm -hmm. let, yeah. let, let's see who springs available maybe in free agency because if you end up, like if that best player available ends up being another tackle or someone gets cut loose after the draft from another team that's a tackle and you haven't been able to fill that guard spot, yeah, then maybe things do shift between now and the season. But I think right now uh, I would stick with tackle. I would definitely agree with you there, so. Adam. See, Poles already said that unless he's starting right. Yeah. I mean, look, they haven't added a right guard, to, so Larry Borm is the right tackle at this moment in time. So unless they do anything otherwise, that's that's where, where he's going to be playing. Yeah. RW258 says, feeling like we will have uh, the tryhard Bears and play better than our talent. I prefer a tankier, but with signs of promise for high draft picks. Adam, you made a really good point a couple weeks ago about if the Bears have a high draft pick, that's not great for the team because Justin Fields probably didn't do well. Yeah. I, I mean, I, and that's how I feel. I, 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 I don't think they're going to go to the playoffs. I, I, would, I, I mean, mark it down here. I'd be very shocked if they're picking in the top five next year. I, I just I don't see that happening. Part of that is because we taking the podcast full circle. I believe in the quarterback. I believe mm -hmm. the quarterback is going to take a step further, step for, uh, forward this year. And when that happens – the entire offense is going to be better. And, oh, by the way, this defense, while I'm not necessarily thinking they're going to be shut down defense, they're, Eberflus's defense were around top 10. Every year in Indy, they, without a great pass rush, and mm -hmm. they're probably going to take the ball away at a higher clip despite some of the changes and the scheme change. So that's all going to lead when you add all that up. Also, you mentioned like the try-hard if they are playing with more hustle intensity and all those things in the hits principle, I think it's going to, at a minimum, lead to the same amount of wins they had this year and maybe one or two more, actually, which puts them in the middle of the pack. But 
this is where I think people get caught up too much in this idea of tanking for draft picks. I think that helps you a lot more going forward than just getting a top five pick. Yeah, and you know, let me just add something. Else. Like the schedule is a lot easier, you guys. This year, and we too, just talked yes. about all the NFC quarterbacks and how where Justin Fields ranks. He's going to be playing a lot of those those teams, those those quarterbacks this season. So, adding that wrinkle to it, plus what we what Luke Getzey will bring to this offense, how this team will eventually shape up. I think the Bears, yeah, to say that they'll end up around that. Well, it can't be. Uh, Eight and eight anymore, but you know, no. around around that. They number can find wins. a way somehow. They can be eight, <laughs> eight, eight, eight and one. one. Yeah, you could do that. Didn't the Lions I've tie been, last year? I've never covered yeah. a Bears tie. No, so uh, one thing I don't. Is, I hope we don't cover that this year. Actually, yeah. to be completely honest. But all right, um, Bears still need to try and sign Larry Ogunjobi. I think they're open to it. I'm not sure it, the yeah. other side is at this point. So we'll see if that. That changes. All right. Well, we are out of here today. Good show. Hope you guys enjoyed it. We'll come back tomorrow. I think play that same would you rather game with the AFC quarterbacks because I think it'll lead to some fun debates with Justin Fields. So uh, stay tuned for that tomorrow. Will DeWitt will be with us tomorrow as well. Follow us on Twitter at CHGO underscore sports and underscore bears. Uh, make sure you're following in both of those spots. You can find all of our other teams on Twitter as well. The same Twitter handles, just underscore Cubs, White Sox, whatever you want to find. They're all out there. And make sure you f- please go. If you can do one thing for us, support us that way. Find us on social media. Hit those follow buttons. Hit the subscribe button. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube. Hit the notifications so you know when we go live, when the schedule changes. We might have some schedule changes next week, by the way, because the Bears are going to mini camp. Yep. Um, so that next week's going to be a good week to sort of be ready for some flexibility there. Follow Nick at Nicholas Moriano, myself at Adam Hogue. We will be back tomorrow at 11 a.m. Talk to you then.